Hello guys, this is Table Talks with the Taurus. An inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. <laughs> I'm MJ from the Philippines. <laughs> Just I'm, kidding. I'm Ash from the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we unpacked that passage and I hope it's correctly referenced in Ephesians. Yeah. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. I'm not even, you know, I don't even think we're talking as if we know anything about No, we anything. don't. It's we really more don't. just like, what are we unpacking as yeah. a family in our faith? This is, this is where we're at. This so, is our journey. This is where we're at. This is, this is where we are. This is us. So this is the Taurus talking about the church in 2023. And you call it the desperate cycle of the church. So true. But so anyways. there you go. Enjoy. Buckle up. Strap it down. <laughs> My voice sounds like a man. <laughs> All right. So before we get into our conversation, I think we should add a disclaimer that we both sound like we've been smoking the cigarettes. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever is going around. Congestion. Yeah, I have no idea. But I definitely sinus. sound like a man. So. Raspy and sultry. Yeah. I was going to joke that this is my other wife <laughs> with, a, with a manly voice. Wow. Actually, you sound less manly You're now than you did this morning. Really? I think so. I think I do sound, sound better, yeah. It was really bad this morning. You're like, hey, babe. Hey. I, I could barely Good get morning. noise out, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. <laughs> so we want to call this the cycle of desperation in the church. Ooh, okay. I think. And you and I have been talking about this a lot, mm-hmm. bits and pieces. And really, I think... I want to get to the punchline in that. What is my punchline? Should I even get to the punchline? <laughs> let's not let's not show all our cards yet. Let's okay. just open the conversation and see where it goes. Okay. So I think it starts with really just let's give the context of the passage in that. I think it's in Ephesians. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, uh-huh. yeah, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Then there's also other references in scripture where it talks about the church of Christ is like a body mm-hmm. and there's different body parts mm-hmm. and they kind of all work together, right? You right. can't have a body full of eyeballs or just arms <laughs> or just a bunch of belly buttons. <laughs> <laughs> try not to, see, try to unsee that. Yeah. And that, that has just led to several conversations you and I have had about just our observations so so what have you observed love oh boy teeing it up (laughs) from the postmodern american church i think it's pretty common maybe i'm wrong to see pastor burnout pastors doing all the things Mm -hmm. getting burnt out meanwhile yeah isn't there like a stat that like church plants fail like 50%, 90% 50%, 90% of church plants fail within the first five years. I think, yeah, like it's within five years. Yeah, yeah. And then on the flip side, people in the congregation being labeled as non-committal. Yeah. Right? We just don't have enough people who are stepping up or plugging in, whatever you want to call it. And so I think, and we can talk about this, but I think there's a quote by Dallas Willard that says something like your system is perfectly designed to give you the results you're receiving. Mm. And so as we talk about this, I think we'll kind of unpack 
why the system is designed. Yeah. And and by system, I mean postmodern American church model is designed in such a way that potentially leads to pastor burnout. Yeah. And people being labeled as non-committal. Yeah. Don't don't they don't step up. They don't plug in. Yeah. And I'm going to just get to the punchline for myself <laughs> okay. too is that if you are in Christ, you have a role to play. Yeah. Just like a body part plays a role in the well-being of the whole body. Yeah. And that if you're able to see a need that you can meet through the role that you believe you have, you should just go ahead and do it and not wait for it to fall within the neat lines of programming yeah. that is there. Because one, this idea of programming is relatively new compared to, you know, churches for centuries past. The OG church who was yeah. under the duress of persecution. Yeah, I'm not sure there was a kids ministry yeah for those christians in ephesus yeah i'm not saying there shouldn't Shouldn't be be, right i'm I'm grateful we do have one but i say that to say that like if you have a heart as a shepherd to care for those who are in need or have a burden yeah and it's somebody that is your friend yeah what's stopping you from using your gift yeah and Also, you should really evaluate if the things that you're supposed to be doing in your giftings are being prevented by the programs that you're supposed to be part of. Yeah. To, I'm just going to pick up an example because we just had it, uh, stuff Easter eggs. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Right? Like anybody else can stuff Easter eggs. Um, But meanwhile, here's your friend who needs help and you can meet it. And like, man, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait for the programming. Like, just just help. And so, that's that's the punchline for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to go back to just breaking down the caricatures we have. Yeah. For each of the various roles or types of leaders. Yeah. That you see in the church. Yeah, I think. Or did you want to add something? Yeah, I think what's important to set up for this conversation, though, is maybe defining some terms as we currently know them to be. And so I think what's tough for you and I love specifically, if I'm talking specifically about us, is that we've been in seasons where we are heavily involved in ministry within the church building, right? And then we've also been in seasons where we've had to pull back from that mm-hmm. for one reason or another. And now we're not as quote unquote involved yeah. in these, whether they're front facing or not yeah. ministry avenues that are specifically outlined for, you know, whatever that local body is. Yeah. And I think what's hard is that, so I've been on both, I say that to say I've been on both sides I've been on the side where it's like, man, we need more people to (laughs) keep this thing running, basically, you know? And I've also been on the other side too now, which I think, honestly, every leader in ministry should (laughs) have the opportunity to just be a recipient of these things from time to time, just to experience that and not be so detached from it, you know? Because 
being on the other side of it, I've just have this different perspective now where I feel like I'm being measured by my involvement in a very specific avenue for ministry for that church. Yeah. Where, but they don't see any other area of my life right. where I might be using my gifts or taking opportunities I know are from the Lord. Like the Lord is directly speaking to me. Speak to yeah. this person. Go, go with that person. Do this. Do that. Pay for their lunch. You know, like these yeah. things. And it's just like I'm told I'm a non-committal Christian because I'm not giving the level of involvement in specific avenues outlined by that church that maybe some, you know, a leader might want to see from me Mm -hmm. in order to judge whether or not that body is involved or not. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to report on those unmeasurable things. Yeah. And put it in the church annual report. So it's, it's a natural tendency for us to lean on data we can measure. Yeah. Because you can measure it. Right. It's easy to, and arguably, these are like short tail measuring sticks or short term, short tail data points. Right. Where you can tell how many, how many bums are in seats. Right. But you can't really tell all of the things that happened between Monday and Saturday. Exactly. It's quantitative, but not qualitative. Right. And so is it actually effective for discipleship? Is it actually effective for helping people draw closer to the Lord? Well, yeah. you know, I don't know, but at least people are involved. And then the other thing I want to add too, it's, is, it's a good time to talk about this because in a sense, COVID has the impact of COVID with social gatherings altogether Yeah, has caused everybody who goes to church to take a break and pause and think about like what are some of the things that we stopped doing that we can now reflect on how important it was to be to continue doing and still feel like it is it is church or this is an extra layer on top of what we would consider to be church right i don't know yeah. the answer to this yeah but it's always like that philosophical question that is a ship goes out to sea and you replace a part you replace the you know the mast or the rudder and over time, like none of the original pieces that were on that ship when it left for the sea come back. Yeah. Is it still the same ship? And so we've had to go through that type of an exercise of how many parts can we remove mm-hmm. and still call it what it is. And, you know, you could probably say there's, I don't know, I don't want to get into it, but it's uh, it's caused us to think about how important were some of these things yeah and also think about what are the components that are critical and necessary for a church to continue to sustain itself yeah i feel like my personal experience with covid caused me to ask myself the question have we strayed quite far from what the original church was designed to be yeah and the reason is because if we are the church we say this all the time right it's not about the building we are the church. Yeah. When our buildings shut down, did ministry cease to exist? Yeah. Because if we are the church, then nothing in our day-to-day should ministry life should have been disrupted. Yeah. If all of our ministry functions stop because the building shut down, what does that say about our ministry in no, the first place? such a critical point that I think you've said that like 
a gazillion times up to this point, but it's just now clicking that if we consider the church so unessential in terms of relative to the building, right? Because yeah. we are the church. Right. Then shutting down the building should cause zero disruption. Zero. To the church's and function. Every, everybody was losing their mind yeah. in Christian communities. Nobody can shut down our church. But in my mind, I'm like, but they're they're not. Yeah. If that's if we're saying we are the church, what yeah. the heck have they shut down? The worship service in your heart never stops. Yeah, it's it's the <laughs> it's yeah, it's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that really caused me to question, have we as the church, global church, strayed actually quite far yeah. from what it means to be the church? Yeah. I want to circle back to yeah. expanding the definitions the of like the apostle, the prophet, yeah. and yeah. just go through kind of real quick what we had caricatures for yeah these types of leaders yeah i think the reason why we want to do this so just for more context is because if in our church we are not using all the gifts there's going to be unbalance in the sense of you know if our leadership team is all operating from the same gifting or similar giftings then they have to be surrounding themselves with people who have different gifts, right? Right. And so these these things that we're going to outline, I think, are things that we've thought through and, and what kind of the church look, the DNA of the church begins to look like when you have people in leadership roles who are heavily mm-hmm. one gift. Mm-hmm. Like there's one gift being emphasized right. in that church body over others. Yeah. And it's not this sort of like magical, mystical Zen balance that we're talking about. Right. In as much as it is that we have roles. Yeah. We have, you know, specific things that you bring to the table as a member of the church or as a church leader. And that if we only work out the one part of your body. Yeah. And not anything else. You're like that guy who always only bench presses. Yeah. But has chicken legs. Because he never, he always skips leg leg day. (laughs) Well, I think every gift has its blind spots. And that's why you need all of them, right? Because you can't see what you can't see. All right. I'm excited to go through these. I'm just going to, you know, go through them real quick. But uh, you have your evangelist leader, which is like your hype man. Hype man. Mr. Hype man. Yeah. Your politician, like, you know, shaking hands. (laughs) Kissing babies, <laughs> the charismatic, event-driven, wants to reach the lost. Critical piece in terms yeah. of somebody who's an evangelist. There's a prophet who we've characterized as the boxer, oof, or an amplifier. Oh, well, let's just let's just go with it. All right, let's just. Well, um, like, let's explain what that boxer means. Somebody who gives you just a like a you jab, know, jab, hook. Yeah, yeah. In the sermons, you're like, oof. Right. That hurt. And then it's like another jab and then it's like, oof, there's yeah. the hook. You know, yeah, this it's, is hard to hear. It's hard to hear. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, this is the one who is concerned with how things are done or is able to see maybe obstacles with the direction that you're headed. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's your profit. We'll leave it at that for now. Then there's your <laughs> apostle, which is your your startup guy. Yeah. This is the guy who is the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. The guy who wears the the leather shoes with the white sole <laughs> and then works at a startup company. Um so he's a visionary who advances and creates initiatives. He's a catalyst. Um and then there's a teacher who I don't know if we really have to 
expand that your professor your philosopher <laughs> the teacher teaches mm-hmm. and then there's the shepherd who man i i love a shepherd me too I just i think um, the shepherd is my fave yeah the shepherds just care yeah they're you know it's like the friend you needed in your corner you know what i right. mean just yeah. somebody who like is the he's the medic in the battlefield yeah and just tends to the wounds yeah and so you know typically especially in more like a uh, celebrity type culture of churches, which is where it's headed to, or like this is main figure. Yeah. It tends to be a evangelist type or prophet type leader. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Or apostle. Or an apostle. Apostle. Or, you know, they're going to be very like always starting the new yeah. initiatives and new programs as a moving target. Every, you know, yeah, this this month here's our goals next month all our goals have changed we're doing this now right you know or highly focused on you know church planting or something yeah. like that you know yeah and i love this analogy that you know when there is no complimentary and it's really when there is nobody complimenting the apostle or the prophet specifically with like a shepherd right yeah because a teacher there's always like that's almost kind of like a given in this day and age with there being a sermon in place like teaching happens whether or not that person's actually a teacher that's a different issue yeah i was gonna say not all pastors are teachers right yeah. but that's that's a different issue but yeah. what is <laughs> what is uh what is more blatantly lacking is the shepherd and that if you don't pair that or maybe not even that as much as it is when you just focus very much on going out going out getting people in yeah recruiting and it's like man that analogy that you have is so nice where it's like it's a baker it's a bakery yeah that goes out there and advertises hey free bread and it's a bunch of homeless people maybe well i don't know you're changing the analogy I, I'm, I I'm, <laughs> I'm exaggerating it we're, no, i think it could be a we're baker. in san francisco okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's a it's a bakery yeah. Where it's advertising free bread, you walk into the bakery, and, and then immediately somebody hands you an apron. Hey, get to the kitchen. Well, not even that. It's more like you know, in this bakery, yeah, every, you got the assembly lines. You know, yeah, you got the people who need the dough. You got the people who you know have the. What's the thing that puts it into the oven? The stone no, I'm just thing? gonna let you try and find that. I term. don't know what is it. I don't the the scooper thing. The scooper, yeah. <laughs> The scooper the people, you know, and then you had the people who like slice the bread and butter the bread. And, you know, you got all these assembly lines, right? (laughs) And you got all these tables. That's one dude. In the bakery. (laughs) It's not an assembly line. Not in the church. Oh, I got five people, you know, (laughs) doing a job for. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I think that's anyway. (laughs) Um, But so, you know, we got this whole all these assembly lines. Yeah. You got every you know, every team just knows what they're doing. We got it yeah. tight, right? We're recruiting. Guys, oh, I see where this you're going bread with this. is amazing. Right? People come in right. and realize that nobody is actually enjoying the bread. Immediately someone's like, Hey, you know what? There's more people out there. Yeah, there's more people out there. Yeah. And you know what? We need to be involved here. You gotta yeah. plug in. Come yeah. on. You gotta do your part. You can't just sit here and eat the bread. Right. You got to be, come on, we need That's, some more scooper people. Yeah, scooper people. <laughs> That's where I think that shepherd, the complimentary shepherd leader. Yes. It becomes cons- so 
in the forefront of my mind because that's like that's the person that says hey man just enjoy the bread like sit and enjoy yeah and it's it's not just about being what's going on inside i think maybe that's where some people get concerned that we're just going to be about the family you know what i mean we're just going to be about what we're doing in here yeah but valid you know in the passage in acts where it talks about they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers and awe came upon every soul Mm -hmm. and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common they were selling their possessions and belongings distributing the proceeds to all as any had need day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts. I think the part and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Yeah. That was for others, but it was also for them too. Yeah. Right. There's this, I think there's this mindset in the church that the blessing is for everyone else. It's not for us mm. to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't get too much of it because it's, you know, we got to get more people. Right. Yeah. And I think, so it's not just about, and you know, to go back to that bakery analogy, it's not just about sitting here and enjoying the bread, right? Like, yes, there are other things. <laughs> like we have to make, you know, more bread and we have to tell people about bread and, you know. Yeah. But. At some point the analogy breaks down, but I get what you mean. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's much more that the shepherds are concerned about if we're so, you know, we're so concerned about inviting people into this this faith that we have this God that we know and that we love, you know, and we're in that we serve. Yeah. But what are we inviting them into once they're here? Right. Like what is here for them once they're here? Yeah. You know? And so I think there's a concern for that. Like what are we actually inviting people to? <laughs> like what does our family look like? Right. Do we meet each other's needs? Yeah. Do we even know each other's names? We're in a small group together. I don't know. Do I know the person who, it's across from me yeah do i know anything about them right so there's that piece but then there's also i think shepherds are necessary as well because of you know need for restoration yeah you know what happens when okay we got all our family in here but now we're yeah our sin becomes evident right what do we do then right shepherds are very concerned with okay how do we how do we restore (laughs) yeah yeah thinking back to that quote of your system is designed to receive the results that you're producing pastor burnout non-committal people right an an example that i feel like this is like a classic example of how this plays out where we're not identifying we're not seeing people as the means for ministry we're seeing programming mm. and then people's involvement in the programming mm-hmm. as the means for ministry, mm-hmm. right? And and there's this really sad like neglect of the fact that God has brought specific people to that body with a specific gift to be used. How can we identify what those gifts are and then start to serve others through those gifts yes create the program like and i hate using the word programming you know but like the ministry avenues let the ministry avenues be driven by those people's giftings yeah right that god has brought to that body right and so 
what happens? Okay, let's say, you know, in that congregation, it's like, oh, you know, we keep hearing that people want to learn how to read their Bible. So what happens? Pastors get in a room together. Pastors pray about it. Is there any mention of like, hey, people of prayer, (laughs) Mm -hmm. can we start praying that the Lord would raise up teachers in our midst? Yeah. No, pastors pray in the room together. Right. Pastors decide we got to come up with a curriculum. Who writes the curriculum? Pastors. Who delivers the curriculum? Pastors. Right. And I love this quote that the work started long before you started and it will continue on long after you're done. Yeah. And that we are participating in the Lord's work by engaging in a local body. Yeah. And that, you know, I love this idea of we're part of a bigger storyline and that God's hand is at work in this church. The church is his bride. Yeah. And so the challenge for us in what we are trying to do is to be sensitive to where are avenues and what are ways that God is opening up ways for us to leverage our giftings to be effective in his local community in a way that makes sense for us. Yeah. Meaning like it, it's something that we can, can do out of our rest. Yeah. Right. It's something that we can do out of our, not because of this sense of obligation. Yeah. And especially not at the expense of our own enjoyment of that bread to back, go back to that analogy. And so, you know, there's been so many ways we've been experimenting with that as a family. Yeah. Where, man, let's just bring the quote unquote ministry to our table and let's just have dinner. Yeah. Like, let's start with that. Let's just share a meal. And because we can do that weekly, we don't have to be part of a programming. And like the idea of just sharing God's blessing with others by sitting at a table together is so simple, but it's such a breath of fresh air for me to not to feel like I have to wait until the approval of somebody outside of me to be able to start utilizing my the the things that I do have. I have a house. Yes. Yes. We have food. Yes. We have a table and just put ourselves under the rhythms of acknowledging that we are a part of something bigger. Yeah. That we get to enjoy this meal together because God gave us the last 6 days or whatever you want to call it to work so that we can put food on the table yeah. and we want to share that blessing with you. And that's the premise of how we want to think about just ministry as a whole. And if there is a program in the church that complements the giftings that we have that will allow us to serve in a way that is sustainable for us as a family, yeah, then we'll gladly participate in that. Right. And so I don't think it's been up to that point where I, you and I have started to like really reflect on, man, our ability to serve, you know, because we were there yeah, weekly. So our ability to serve has changed significantly, but we want to desperately still participate in what the Lord is doing. Yes. And here we found a way where we can do that. And so, again, it goes back to that point for me that the Lord's placed you and gifted you. And if you see a need and a way to serve, go. Yeah. Don't wait. Just go. Yeah. And as you go, the Lord will bless you because... Man, how much more meaningful is it for you to actually leverage the giftings that you have mm-hmm. than it is for you to step through, all right, here's how you put the flour in the bowl. 
and here's how you put the scooper in the oven. Yeah. And here's and it's like, man, you've spent all of this time stepping through these things. And meanwhile, on the other side, man, you can be enjoying this bread with somebody else. Yeah, it makes me wonder if, again, I'm talking global church, has defined ministry as involvement, service involvement, that's highly event-driven. Mm-hmm. And so in order for you church member to say that you're a part of our body and part of the like DNA. Yeah. You have to be actively serving in these event, whether it's like just the Sunday event kind of service yeah, or these like outreach events that we have. Right. And so involvement becomes the measure of whether or not we are discipling. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't even know. Yeah, activity. I, th- I think the church is struggling with what is discipleship. Right. And and it's kind of become activity yeah. and involvement. And right. as long as everyone's attending, everyone's right. in a group, everyone's, you know, that's the classic thing, I think, for um, most churches, right? Everyone's serving on some sort of team, whether it's like worship or whatever, you know, ministry, however it's divided of like kids, men's, women's, yeah. you know, somebody's on, on a team, everybody's in a group yeah. and we attend Sunday service yeah. and, you know, it's like, and I'm not saying that those things are unimportant. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be doing those things right. by any means. I also think that, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's not just that either. And that isn't a true measure of whether or not the discipleship is effective for transformation in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, it's it's mistaking activity for productivity. Yeah. And so because we can measure it, because it's something that you see, it's like somebody clacking away at a keyboard, but doesn't mean you're writing an essay. Right. And it's easy to mistake, oh, he's moving his fingers and things are... The keys are being hit. Right. There must be some progress made. Yeah. And I'm that's oversimplifying it. So it's easy to make fun of or it's easy to visualize. Yeah. And that we can fall prey into slipping into that same mindset if we're not careful about actually evaluating the outputs you're getting. Yeah. Based on the inputs that you're measuring. Yeah. And back to that quote that like, man, you are designed to exactly produce the inputs that you've been given to the system. Yeah, and it does, that system does produce what seems like non-committal Christians eventually because we have these set ways of getting involved or attendance, right, in place. And so your giftings have to align with that. Right. And if they don't, we still expect you to be involved in it. Somehow. Like you have to still serve, you know? So now we're asking people to, in some instances, operate outside of their giftings. And so they're, you know, sitting there thinking, this isn't my gift and I want to serve and I will serve. But also like God has put this thing on my heart. And so like, where can I do that here? I can't. It doesn't fit neatly in the box. It doesn't fit. So you're non-committal. So I'm not non-committal. And continuously told, I just need to step up, step right. up, step up. You just need to be involved. And it's like, I want to Meanwhile, be nobody's stepping up because they all feel like it doesn't fit neatly within yeah, these Yeah, like lines. my gift doesn't fit here. Yeah. In some instances, I think that's genuinely the sentiment of just like, I, 
I'm happy to like be a warm body and for you to tell me what to do and to like help make these events go on. But like, I'm not actually, there's no connection between my gifting and what What we're calling kingdom work. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, the cycle goes on and on. The leaders become more desperate. They try to recruit more. And and more resentful of the lack of commitment they commitment. have from the people that they're asking to recruit people and feel really this, dejected so people, it goes back to that cycle yeah, right, that yeah. we're saying that that's the cycle of desperation well you know rather than trying to create these programs and recruit people around them we're asking should we look at what giftings the people you already have already possess yeah and then serve your local community around the giftings that you already have yeah Rather than trying to ask all of your fish to crawl across the land and asking all your whatever, name your land animal to swim across the ocean. And so, yeah, I think all too often it happens that way. And I wonder if it's a pressure for leaders to have to come up with the solution because I'm the leader. Yeah. I have to have the vision. If I don't have the vision, why why am I here? Bro, the Lord's work started way before you stepped foot or signed the dotted line. And will continue on yeah. long after you clocked out for the last time. Right. And so for you to think that it rises and falls on your own shoulders is giving too much weight in what you think you can bring to the table when it is as much the Lord's work through you as it is the Lord's work through Joe Schmo sitting in the third row. Yeah. And so how do we activate the giftings in them? Yeah and empower them to have the conversations that they're having Monday through Saturday or be able to restore in relationships with the ones that the relationships they're having Monday through Saturday rather than feeling like if it's not passing through this channel that I have to find, it's in my terms unsuccessful. Right. That's too narrow of a definition of what God's doing. It is. And also I would say to that leader, you are robbing the people God is bringing to you, who you have been called to serve of the opportunity to use their gifts. Right. You're robbing them because you are, it it really is like an arrogance, you know, it's not necessarily. Yeah. Intentional. Yeah. Or even overt. But you are saying that you can be the end all be all of this, or you should be. Right. And that's literally not the design of the church. Like that is anti the design of the church. So stop placing yourself as the end all be all because you were you weren't even put in that position to be that, you know, right. and and that's hard because as a leader, then okay, well, like what's the line of like my leadership and all of this, yeah, versus empowering my people to operate in their giftings, and I think it comes down to a faith thing, you know. I think sometimes you gotta let go of control and say this, and this like our quote unquote our church. The, you know, what happens inside this building, the Lord might be taking it to a different place than yeah. maybe that leader envisioned. Right. You know, and so I think especially with church plant situations, there needs to be, you know, the gifts that start that church are not the gifts that's going to carry it through. There's, there's visionary and innovative gifts that need to start it. Yeah. And there's administrative gifts who need to maintain it. Yeah. 
that need to come later on. Yeah. And sometimes there's not that passing off, right? Of, okay, now, like the gifts that were sustaining this before, where we're wearing all the hats, we're doing all the things. Now we got to give off, you know, give some of those hats. hats. And not 10 at a time, not the stack of 10 you've been carrying around, give one hat to one person, you know? And, and now this thing needs to go to the next stage, but it's not going to look the same there that it was before. And right. I think a lot, I'm, and this is inside the church and outside the church, I think a lot of leaders have a hard time with that transition of this is going to look different. Right. And it requires a different set of skill sets to bring it to the next place. Right. So I think that's really hard yeah. for that leader, but they really are robbing their people of the opportunity for the Lord to use them. And maybe even having a lack of faith that even if, you know, cause sometimes maybe they're like, I gotta be the gatekeeper and I'm scared of, you know, X, Y, Z people coming in and then, you know, this and this let astray and makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's valid. And I'm sure, you know, they probably have a handful of examples to look back to, to say like, look at what happened here and look right. at what happened in this group or, you know, this experience or whatever, this team. And also I, d- I just think, you know, the Lord can redeem those situations too. Right. Like even the worst of the worst of the worst, you know? And so sometimes it comes down to a faith thing too. Like, do you think you're better at being God and keeping all this together and running in the way that it needs to than God? So why are you laughing at me like that? I was going to say, we'll just end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a important conversation to have because especially when you just go through the motions, you can feel like, you know, this is familiar. This is comfortable. This is what I know. So we should just keep doing it. Yeah. And we've had the ability to, because of season of life, but because of COVID too, everybody to just sit back and reflect and be like, man, what is this whole thing that we call church? Yeah. And does it make sense? Does it work? And you know, it's, it's led us to just have these types of conversations where, man, we're, we're really just starting to unpack it, but it's, it's really more of an encouragement than anything to, man, let's, let's really be mindful of why we do what we're doing. And if we can't answer why, then why keep doing it? Right. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, that, that's really what I wanted to just kind of close this out with is that we're really wrestling with it still. Yeah. And we want it to be something where, man, we want the church to succeed. We want our leaders to do well. Yeah. We want our church members to feel like they can rest. Yeah. And and we just want the Lord's hand to be so evident in all of the inner workings of, you know, every area of ministry in the church. And I think that one ingredient that is a requirement or that is essential in achieving that is by acknowledging that there are gifts that are in the body. Yeah. And tapping into those gifts and leveraging them to serve the body. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.